1: The Titans win yesterday over the Chiefs, 27-3. to Impressive because it, it displayed and showed where this team has, has grown over the last three, four weeks. A.J. Brown is back. Julio Jones is back. The explosive plays are back. This offense looked dynamic against that Chiefs defense. Same thing against the Bills in the second half. It has turned into two straight wins over a six-day period that has the Titans among the top three teams in the AFC after week seven. Outkick 360 across the outkick network. Glad you're with us alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, David Reed, the chairman of the board making it happen for us. Jonathan Moulton, Jacob Swanson doing great work as well. Um, guys, it was uh it was impressive. And the Titans got it done from the jump. An eight-play drive, 75 yards. Their previous six games in first, first drive yardage, was like 62, 64 yards combined, and they were able to put together not just a long drive, but a touchdown drive. I thought Downing was very creative with how he attacked uh, Spagnolo's defense, uh, a defense that was selling out to stop Derrick Henry, and they're not good enough to sell out to stop the run because they can't play man on the outside, and Tannehill picked them apart because I think the offensive line did its job, but he was getting rid of the ball fast. For as fast as he's been doing that, I think the fastest release on average for a quarterback was yesterday with Tannehill for the entire season. It was just over two seconds per throw on average. That's from next gen. And Spagnolo
2: never really adjusted what he was doing there. I'm not saying you like open the gates for Derrick Henry, but you have to start playing with the touch, more risk for the run in order to take away some of the pass. Uh, Tannehill was super precise here. The spinning touchdown to to uh, AJ Brown, <clears throat> where he made the cornerback look look bad on a very precise throw that just dropped into the bucket was was fantastic. He made some terrific oh,
1: throws. On that same drive, that made it 14 nothing. On that same drive, that 40-yard-plus throw down the left that was orig- originally ruled incomplete. incomplete, but that was a precise throw right on the boundary, dropped it in. Uh, A.J. Brown didn't look open. He was open. He's always open. Uh, that's his Twitter handle, and, man, what a great grab. Yeah. Great catch.
2: Tannehill was, was on it, um, <clears throat> at least in that first half. And, look, the second half offensively doesn't matter when you're up that much all you need to do is sustain some some possession there presuming that the defense continues doing what it's doing there was only one time that the chiefs felt like okay they're turning it on and really all they did was cover 40 or 50 yards they got like from deep in their own territory across midfield and then they started moving backwards there were some penalties the titans had a sack Whatever. But it lasted like maybe like five minutes of real time. To open the second half.
0: Yeah. Where they ended up getting the field goal. And you thought, oh, here they they come.
2: And then then there was nothing to it. It was completely stifling. And the offense, despite, again, the real lack of Julio Jones, who we saw a little bit in the first half, um, was fully two-dimensional. It was more of that pick-your-poison thing. And expanded off what we saw in the second half against Buffalo, where the Titans really found some room in the middle of the field for, for A.J. Brown in that he was in the middle of the field and on the boundary. The two catches we just talked about, Hutton, were both on the boundary. Yeah. So the Titans passing the, the entire field. They had a lot of guys involved in it, but primarily A.J., who had 133 yards receiving, um, and Derrick Henry doing enough, even though he only got three yards a carry. My one issue, if you're going to raise one issue, is he had 29 carries in a blowout win. Um, and you need to somehow find a way that he's not on the field in the fourth quarter
1: at all. I think that shows their respect for for Mahomes and the, the Chiefs offense respect, because I, I pointed respect. out that this was not going to be, Paul, a 20-carry game for Derrick Henry. I said that Friday. I said that Thursday. But it should have been. It, it couldn't be. The you, way
2: it evolved, it, could it absolutely it could have been. No,
1: it could not be because they ran clock. They dominated time of possession in this game. And for as little as the Chiefs did offensively, they didn't have the ball because the Titans maintained time of possession when they got possession. They went and not just scored, but they ran clock. And that is crucial against Kansas City for a team that you're not used to seeing struggle as much as they did. And I think this is a Titans group, the coaching staff that knew what they were up against in the secondary, which got worse. I don't know exactly what happened with Amani Hooker in Friday's practice, but it held him out of this game and it got worse in the secondary for them on game day for a group that was just hoping to slow down Kansas City. They did the first half, and then they went on that long – For they, the Chiefs had that long drive. So did the Titans. The Titans ate up a ton of clock in the third quarter too, and that was due in large part to the run game.
2: Fourth quarter, they had nine snaps. He didn't need to be in the game for any of those, I don't think, and he was getting the ball steadily still then. I don't see why you can't give it to Evans. Who, How by many the carries way, did he have in the fourth doesn't quarter? Doesn't look good. Most of the snaps, I don't see a one, two, three, four, five, six, at least six.
1: I'm just um, running it out at that point.
2: I know, but why run it out with him? I mean, there's a rare chance to save some snaps in a dominant win. You could save sna- six. Um, Darrington Evans didn't look good to me. He looked like he's running with a hitch.
1: Well, they don't have any options. Um, I, I know, that's that's a that's a problem. When McNichols is in, it's a pass. When Evans is, it's just not, not good. I know, but I think if you're up, the degree that they're
2: up in these two series, which are a total of nine plays, you, you can you can find something else. Isn't, it, isn't it
1: amazing that it was a great call by, uh, by Downing, and I continue to call it until defense stops it. When McNichols is in on third and long after the Julio Jones— That screen? The screen—
2: Fantastic. Uh, he, comes the third in,
1: nine. he comes in and I'm thinking, and I, I was sitting next to Steve Lehman. I said, here comes the screen right. of McNichols. It's obvious. And I can't stop It him. is obvious. And he's wide open. Yeah. Wide it's open. It's a
2: fantastic play. I, I, mean,
1: I don't know. I don't know how stupid you are if you're if you're watching film of Jeremy McNichols. you should this be season.
2: screaming screen screen signaling the universal screen signal. Yeah. I mean, we've made a lot of fun of not of Jeremy McNichols, but of no, the predictability of what it's happens obvious. with Jeremy McNichols. And like you're saying, if you can't stop it. That's Spagnolo doing a bad job getting his side Well, but they, they were selling. They were
1: so. And again, Henry's not even on the field for that play. And it's third and long. Uh, I think it was third and nine. He got 10. Great play. Um, and it was right at that was, that was the second possession. That was yeah, the long was early 97 still. yard dr- yeah. touchdown drive. Uh, they got that. And then I think they went up top right after that to, uh, to AJ on that play, on that throw down I, the sideline. I, I
0: thought the first play of the game set the tone. That that play action, yep. where the Chiefs had you know eight guys sucked in, yes. two steps towards Derrick Henry, and then boom, they get a first down on play number one to AJ Brown uh, across in the middle of the field. That that, that was that was the game. That it, it was like rinse and repeat the rest of the time. It was Derrick Henry did just enough. He played well. And everybody making a big deal about not getting hundred yards. He, he oh, he's ran the, the ball. Reason, well. He's the reason he why, why the these guys are well. open. Yes. But they had to, their defense is so bad, and they're so bad against the run, they knew they had to exhaust every effort to contain Derrick Henry. Yep. And because of that, they were completely sucked in on the play action, and the Titans looked like the Arthur Smith offensive-coordinated Titans again. They did. With the play action. That was a great game plan. It worked to perfection, in large part because the Chiefs' defense is bad, but... I mean, we're really nitpicking. I mean, I, Paul, I know you brought up the, the Henry thing. I, I understand that. You got to really nitpick to find anything to have a problem oh, with. Oh, pro- I don't have a it problem was, with anything. It was as close to a perfect game as you're going to find. Yeah.
2: No, you're right, Hutton. The screen set up first and 10, and that's Tannehill to to A.J. Top. Brown up the left side, which is the, the one that had to be challenged. But they're 14 nothing in complete control coming out of the first quarter, and you're thinking, well uh, – you know KC's gonna gonna bounce back here. They'll get their fourteen, and and it'll be a slugfest. And the Chiefs just had no they had answer. Nothing. They didn't really have any life to them. I felt like their fast guys looked slow. Like when Mahomes ran, even I texted you at one point. I think, he doesn't even look fast when when he's he's running. It was a weird. It, it, was a weird out out them. Them. it was a weird performance from
0: them. It was it was a dead performance uh, from the start. The one time I saw life was Travis Kelsey trying to get the uh, pass interference call. On the overthrow yeah, down the field, and then the great video. I don't know if you guys seen the TV footage of yeah. it. I caught it immediately, but of David Long mocking mocking, mocking Travis Kelsey behind him as he's crying for a, for a flag. Uh, that also summed up the day for the Chiefs and the Titans. And then and the Kelsey Mike
2: Keith pointed out on the broadcast late, maybe the second to last series. Um, and I thought there were a few balls that Kelsey like didn't make every effort to go get that weren't necessarily definite catches. But they weren't necessarily, to me, definite incompletions either that I, don't felt, I didn't feel like he was selling out to get them. But Mike Keith said, I think on the second-to-last series of the game, like, Travis Kelsey, not happy, happy to be out there. Uh, or no, he was out there with Henny, and Henny was out there for two series. And he was like, Travis Kelsey, you know, a veteran, not happy to be out there with Chad Henny
0: at this point in the game. Can- Knows it's over, feels like he should be on the bench with Mahomes. Can we just get to a point, though? Like you're so teased by these Titans this this last six days with Buffalo, and Kansas City, I, I just really want to see them start to put it together more when they have close to a full complement of players. It's like if you take away a position group from them, they get creative, guys step up, they find other ways to do it. The they find other ways that, to win. That no, pissed off ego I mean, you, thing. But you you take a secondary away from them essentially. And the secondary plays great, and they're like, "We'll the show guys you." That are we'll show on. you.
1: The secondary played great because they got to, they had a pass, pass rush, rush with four. And, and
0: that that, and, but go, it's, it's
1: key. Here is the key. That goes
0: back to what I said. Then they find another way to do no, it. No, they're not Even finding a way. It's it's
1: who they have back. Chad A.J. Brown is back. Bud Dupree showed up for the first time mm-hmm. in this game, and they had four getting getting rushed with four. The interior uh, Autry and Dupree, the two guys that you signed in the offseason – played in tandem yesterday with Simmons and Landry. And without A.J. Brown, they're not doing this. They're not fighting separation at wide receiver. They're not protecting Tannehill the same way. Tannehill's not letting it rip the same way down the field for the big plays. That's the difference in the game. They can lose average players in the secondary and be okay because they have A.J. Brown.
2: Well, Fulton's not an average player, and Hooker's not an average player.
1: Fulton is nowhere near as massive of a loss as A.J. Brown is to the offense. And that's my point. They get a truly dominant player back on offense to pair with a dominant backfield. And now now they're closer to what they were last year. And consistency-wise, they were on top of it last year. You're you're Uh, right. And and that's the key. They have A.J. back, which gives them the element of the offense that they were missing. And here's the other thing. They had 40 – how many plays did they have in the first half?
0: They a, ran a
1: forty. Let me get this right: forty-three plays in the first half on five first-half possessions, all were at least eight snaps, and all resulted in points. It's they, the Chiefs didn't have the ball, for the, but but six minutes and forty-four seconds in the first half.
0: They had sixty-seven that kept yards. At the halftime.
1: defense fresh. They weren't on the field playing a ton of snaps. Meanwhile, the terrible Kansas City defense. They were gassed in the third quarter when the Titans drove down the field and got. And it took up a ton of time and drained the clock. that That's my point here. They have an arsenal now in offense where they can go deeper into their playbook. But when you have Cam Batson and you're, you're looking uh, across the field at uh, Reynolds, who's a number three wide receiver and is not capable of stepping up being a number one. And on the opposite side, you have Nick Westbrook-Akina and your two top receivers are uh, sitting on the sideline with hamstrings. You can't, your, your offense is hamstrung. At that point. You, you can't call as many dynamic plays.
2: You're right, but you're really only talking about one guy being back because Julio's still mostly invisible. You're really only talking about A.J. Brown being back, no, but the, back the, to health. But the That's difference a big is,
1: difference. There is a precision and accuracy when Julio is on the field with his routes, too. Uh, he had some catches that... Again, he's hauling in that I don't see from, from the other guys, the other backups. But to Chad's
2: point, and let's see, Julio played 29 snaps, 43%. But to Chad's point, I don't disagree with what Chad's saying. It Oftentimes for the Titans, it takes some kind of wrench in the works for them to crank it up. Feels like from a Vrabel degree. I don't disagree with what They're you're saying. They're not cranking up their the wide precision receiver core thing, without AJ. Their precision thing is back when their personnel is back, but they also thrive when there's some kind of – something's missing or they're up against something and they're like, Oh yeah, we'll show you big deal. We're without four of our seven defensive backs. Well, today's going to be the day that the front four shows up and and dominates and makes it irrelevant that we have no cornerbacks and watch this. A guy who's known as patient zero, he's going to come in. He's going to play every snap over two other guys who've been here for the whole thing. And you're going to ask us about it, and we're going to go, I'm going to walk out of the press conference fast because I'm disgusted with your question because it's so basic and common to me how I see how this all comes together with Greg Mabin. It's no big deal for me.
0: Well, and, and look, people are going to complain about the conversation not being about the Titans nationally. It's about the Chiefs being bad. That's because the Chiefs don't look like a playoff team right now, and that's shocking for I, a lot of people. I didn't and monitor. That, that does surprise me. They, they're not going to the playoffs the way they're playing right now. It's I not happening. I
2: meant to go check everybody, but like Jim Trotter was at the game. He wrote about Vrabel. Um, Peter King and Albert Beer, their things were both tilted to Titans over over Chiefs. So I don't know what it came out percentage-wise, but I saw plenty written about that being a really big win for the Titans as opposed to something about the Chiefs. And it is a big story that the Chiefs are are flailing yeah. As badly as it is. But the stuff I saw certainly didn't fail to mention who made the Chiefs look so bad.
1: Some unsung heroes from yesterday's yesterday's game. Titans blowing out the Chiefs. We continue our discussion next on Outkick 360. Recapping the Titans' victory over the Kansas City Chiefs, Outkick 360 rolls on, and we are seeing clearly thanks to Dr. Orlando Toyos and Toyos Clinic, online at toyosclinic.com. It's time for our weekly Seeing Clearly segment, presented by Toyos Clinic, Outkick 360's trusted partner for all things LASIK and hair restoration. I had my uh, LASIK surgery with Dr. Orlando Toyos back in 2016. I'm still seeing clearly Thanks to Toyos Clinic. Call 800-603-1989. 800-603-1989 to schedule your consultation today with Dr. Rolando Toyos and Toyos Clinic. Three locations in Middle Tennessee, one in Memphis, one in NYC, New York City. Again, toyosclinic.com. Um, clearly, we as we look ahead, right, and we're going into week eight, Titans, Colts, massive, massive game in Indy. They always tend to work out this way, where the Titans have a turning point in Indianapolis. I believe they have swept the Colts twice since the Titans joined the AFC South, since the AFC South formed. And I did it again in 2000. Yeah, they did it so in 2002. 2002
2: was the year it was created.
1: They swept them then, and they swept them, I know, in 2017, Andrew Luck's year where he was uh, hurt. Um, other than that, they haven't done it. And this would be a huge pivotal uh, pivot point for this team because if you're wor- if you're really worried about workload for Henry, this gives you a little workroom with that. Three-game lead in the division at the halfway point. And get it done before November. Before November, right. I mean, could the Titans wrap up the AFC South by Thanksgiving? They could yep. if they win this game. They could if they win this game. Um because the Colts are extremely banged up too. Vegas, by the way, is not buying the Titans on the road. They're giving them props. They're, they're a favorite. They're a road favorite by one point. Practically a pick this week as the Titans visit the Colts because they're buying Indy as being a solid team and being better than the team that lost in uh, Baltimore's comeback just a couple of weeks ago. They're getting healthier. So are the Titans. And I think it's important to note that we may look back on this game as the deciding factor on how close this divisional race is, how close the the seed the the, the seeding might be, uh, and the matchups might be towards the end of the season on how the Titans fare this week in Indianapolis. I really intrigued with the matchup here.
2: You know, just on that the the seeding to me, because we've talked about home field not meaning as much now. If you have to win three on the road, it's right. a, it's exhausting from the travel perspective and everything but we've talked about it from like the point spread thing, which tells you something. And I, I haven't looked through this weekend, but through last weekend road teams has actually won a couple more games than home teams. This is evolving. <clears throat> Titans went on the road in 2019, won two of three games. I think outside of the first team getting that by, it really is Hutton more about,
1: it was a home weekend this weekend, by the way. Who
2: you draw, maybe, than where you draw them.
1: Well, the, the AFC right? we're talking
2: about the Chiefs, like all of these teams are, are are match up with the Chiefs in a certain way. But I think when it comes playoff time, yeah, you want the first one home for sure. After that, it might be about who you're playing more so than where you're playing them in the AFC.
1: Yeah. And you and and it's gonna it's going to end up being the war of attrition in the AFC because no team has fewer than two losses. Right now, going into week eight, the Cincinnati Bengals are the number one seed in the AFC, followed by the Vegas Raiders, who have won two straight. The Titans Titans. are the three seed, and the four seed are the Buffalo Bills, because the Titans have the head-to-head against them.
2: And that Jets loss, which we're done mocking them with in terms of losing to a bad team, because they've obviously beaten two good teams now, but that's... That's the hook on that five yep. and two. The reason that they're third right. is because of that loss to the Jets.
0: So it feels like if the Titans win Sunday, the division's over. I mean, it, it does feel it does. that way. They'd You're right. It, this, is a, this is a pivot point. But if they lose, it's a one game difference in the division. It's a huge game for now. Now, let's just, I'm going to forecast this thing out. All right. Let's say the Titans uh, go on and lose. And, and it is a, a one game separation. And it is a war of attrition as the season goes on. One thing to keep in mind, again, we're, we're recapping the Chiefs game, but I want to look way ahead. If it's a one-game separation after this week, Titans and Indy, final three games of the season, you ready for this? Titans versus Colts, if it comes down the stretch. Titans get San Francisco, Miami at home at Houston. Those look like three easy wins right now, the way yes. those teams are playing. Indianapolis at Arizona, at home against the Raiders, in Jacksonville. Advantage, so if it Tennessee. gets if this thing gets to it goes into December and it comes down to those last three weeks, Titans are still sitting in a nice position. But again, win Sunday in Indy, sweep the Colts. This thing feels locked up. But lose, the Colts lose but here's the thing. Houston Chad, or Jacksonville will screw it up for some The somebody, Colts
1: either way, no, it comes down to those three games. If they have a chance at the division, it starts this week. The Colts, because they started zero and three and one and four, have to go win these this stretch of games, and they've set themselves up to where they have to win to get in towards the end. If they lose this week, they, so they've already circled those games as must wins. The Titans can wrap it up. They're they're in a completely different seat than Tennessee. They 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 have to win those games down the stretch either way, based on their record.
0: But that's my uh, point. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm looking
2: at what the last wild card is right now in the AFC. Um
1: right now the Browns have the last spot.
2: Yeah, and one game out is, is Pittsburgh at 3 and 3, New England's right there at 3 and 4, the Colts are at 3 and 4. So, I mean, even as it stands, they're on the verge of in. Right?
1: Yes, but I, so that's I, what
2: you're saying even if they lose this game no, but they I'm, can still fight to get I in. I am
1: saying it is a massive game. They they, they can still fight to get in right. as a, as the 7th seed. Right. But if they want any chance of winning the division, oh, they have to, they have have to this win game. this week.
2: Yeah. And the but see here's the thing about this week and and this is the sad thing about the way the Tennessee Titans are. They just win these two massive games. They go into this game and the stakes are far bigger for the Colts than they are for the Titans. And the Titans' pattern is <clears throat> in a game like this, I think most of the fan base would expect what? Not for them to build on those two, but for a step back.
1: I think it's interesting. I think we should point out, though, you, and you were out there for uh, the presser today with Vrabel. How many questions did he get about the Chiefs versus get about the Colts? I mean, a lot of people are asking about Indy today. I'd say it's 50 yeah. 50 on a Monday after beating the Chiefs. Half of the questions were about the Indianapolis Colts well, it's also different, six days from now.
2: It's also different home game, road game, right? Road game. You come back and the people who weren't at the road game are asking about the the questions that they weren't there to ask about after the road game. Uh um, they
1: just came off back to back wins over the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs, and it was so definitive yep. yesterday. We move on. That they've yeah. I mean, well, he
2: wanted the, that too. That's why he said he was so gruff yesterday, right? I'm just going ahead. So yeah, he's moving. I mean, on he's too. not he's yeah. not no, of course. he's not really doing that yesterday. That's just the message that he what, wants But Chad, to, send to Chad's
1: point with his behavior. What a position the Titans have now put themselves in over the last six days, now seven days. Terrific. Back to back wins over Buffalo and KC, and now they can see light at the end of the tunnel for the division, and it's October twenty fifth. I, I mean, I realize this is the NFL and it is tough to circle things this early and it, you don't have these opportunities often, season to season. The Titans have it here. You can have a three-game lead as you go into the backstretch of the season over the Indy. They would be
2: making things very, not very, but pretty easy on themselves to be 6-2 and two after next week. Therefore,
0: <laughs>
2: therefore, seems unlikely.
0: It's funny how things... We know this about all of football, but how things changed week to week in the NFL, because after yesterday and watching, you know, being home, watching Titans, watching football all day, checking in on every game, I come out of the day thinking, so who's the best team in the AFC? Titans or Bengals? <laughs> That's the way it felt yesterday. I mean, the way Cincinnati dominated Baltimore and the way the Titans dominated the Chiefs, you leave this Sunday thinking... Those two teams both have an argument to currently be the best team in the AFC. But what we know is it's a wide-open conference. And it's, Hutt, it's gonna be fun. among guys... I mean, that, I think on paper, the Bills mm-hmm. are probably still that team. Yeah, but I they're said, not a good as matchup as the, for as Tennessee. As the best roster.
2: But they're not a good matchup for Tennessee. That's what I'm talking about. Like if you draw there's the right a lot team of in scenarios the like that with right. some of the, the so, and so doesn't match
0: up well for so-and-so. Yeah, I mean, the, throw, <laughs> the Raiders. I mean, you could throw a lot of these teams in and say, well, how does this team match up against them? But... For one day, I come out of Sunday thinking, the Titans are the best team in the AFC. Everybody played well yesterday, right? Some guys that I just absolutely was
2: stunned. Dane Cruikshank was great yesterday. Helped, on, Dan- uh, helped on, on Travis Kelsey a lot. Made some good hits. He's usually a big drop-off from Armani Hooker. He was part of the problem when the Titans weren't playing that well with Hooker out. Hooker falls out again, and Dane Cruikshank, I thought, played great. Offensive line, which has been a problem, loses Saffold along the way. Didn't notice Raiden's. Um, That's a good thing. Then you lose. He played two
1: spots yesterday.
2: Right. Then you lose Kendall Lamb along the way. In Was comes one Bobby Hart. No. In comes Bobby Hart.
0: Bobby who, Hart was the tackle.
2: Who, who was signed on Monday of the Hart early in the week of the Hart Foundation. <laughs> and uh, and didn't and we didn't notice him.
0: Read like that. So they
2: went, uh, they went seven deep on the offensive line. Corey Levin played one snap, so they technically went eight deep. But we didn't notice those guys. Um, Kansas City didn't do anything pass rush-wise. They had, they had one sack. You said Tannehill got rid of the ball according to Next Gen as fast as he's gotten rid of it all season. Not just
1: him, any quarterback. It was faster than any quarterback all season yesterday. Terrific,
2: but also it, I didn't feel like he was under duress. Like I'll I didn't feel like exactly he was doing that because he was under a lot of I mean, pressure. It looked it that looked might have like been part of the plan. Ryan Tannehill's
1: average time to throw two point one seven seconds it was not just the lowest total of the week heading into Sunday Night Football, but the lowest total of the season so far.
0: It was it was uh it, it was the best of Arthur Smith. That's what that offense looked like yesterday. The quick, decisive passes. Guys were open immediately on the play action. That's great. Being able to run the ball. I mean, everything, every bit of confidence Titans fans gained from the Arthur Smith, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown experience was on display yesterday offensively. Every time that there was a play action pass, once after that first play that I highlighted earlier, the 10-yard completion to A.J. Brown across the middle – Every play-action pass felt like it was going to be a big completion. That, well, that was how assertive and confident that offense here's looked. Here's another thing
2: that, that's curious out of the next-gen stuff. They blitzed Mahomes just once on 39 dropbacks, and we generally say – now, they were rushing great with four, so they didn't need to blitz. But what do we generally say about a, a quarterback is uh, sitting back and playing coverage is not the route to beat somebody like Patrick oh, Mahomes.
1: No. Yesterday. No, you sit back. You you do not blitz him. Buffalo didn't blitz him at all in that game. They did not bring more right. than I, four. You're
2: right. I got that inside out.
1: Yeah, and you don't do it with Josh Allen either. Um, you blitz the rookies. With Mahomes, you have to be able to rush them with four because if you bring the extra man, you're now covering with six, and he's going to diagnose and... Get the football to Kelsey or Hill. You're right. And the With seven teams, and the extra man,
2: you can cover both. He's been blot- blitzed just 10.7% of his dropbacks this season. Lowest rate in yeah, the league by a significant him. margin. Second, last least, is Josh Allen, 17.2%. So that, that's the league. You, you don't want to say he's figured out. He's figured out temporarily. It's, it's the Chiefs' move now to counter. Does it come this year, or do they need an offseason to revise personnel? We're going to find out pretty
1: pretty quick well the different the difference is the offensive line in the past in Kansas City and they had to overhaul it due to to money and structure and injuries um the offensive line allowed Mahomes time to uh come up with off-schedule plays right in the past the off-schedule on Sunday just did not look the same because pressure was headed his way they they got a couple sacks uh, what three sacks? I believe maybe four in this game. I'm I'm trying Who? to uh, Titans. Was Titans four? had four, yeah, four sacks, three turnovers, and they hit him nine times. So they they were around him rushing four, and at the same time that the, the offensive line is just not what it was. I, I think that's that's the thing that's holding Kansas City back. They got is so much their offensive line in the past forced you to bring the extra man at times. They got so the much
2: praise for Trey Smith, by the way. Who I'm sure will wind up being a good player and probably has had some good games. But for the Titans fans bashing the Titans for not taking Trey Smith, the Trey Smith of yesterday wouldn't wouldn't be any kind of improvement on on what the Titans no, was, he had. He was bad He was really was bad.
0: bad yesterday. He's been pretty good all year, and he's a sixth round player starting on day one at offensive guard. The Titans have a second-round tackle, right. not cracking the rotation at guard. So not, no, Titans, no, not,
1: not just at guard. He was not the third-string option at tackle.
0: The Titans fans that like Trey Smith have every right to question Dylan Radins over Trey Smith when they could have got Trey Smith late in the draft. And yes, he had an awful day yesterday. I, I'm just saying,
2: as I've said all along, you can play this game with any successful player at any draft spot. 31 other teams, uh, 30 teams other than the Titans also didn't take Trey Smith.
0: Well, you're Paul, you're putting me in a position to go after the Titans on a day where they were perfect on Sunday. But the issue with that is the Titans in back-to-back years have gone right tackle, first and second round, and swung and missed both times. That's the problem. And they needed help on the offensive line, and you had a guy there in the sixth round They they could have had well after that. They, they but were let's not to, harp on that on this day. I'm with, I was, I'm with you. I'm I was forced you. by I'm Paul to do that, to, uh, to
1: state my case. One, one other case that needs to be stated, Michael Pruitt needs to be a starter. Yes, over why Anthony is he not Berkser. on the field more? Ferkser does not need to be the here. starting tight end.
2: Ferkser, I mean, look, I don't think he's doing anything to beg for the ball. I also don't think they're calling anything for him, which is weird because when Arthur Smith took over, he, he looked to his guys. Now, his guy is not Johnny Smith. It's not the same caliber by any means. But Furkser was a much more dangerous player last year. He's invisible now. He had 24 snaps for 35%. Pruitt did play more, 37 for 54%. Swame 38 for 56%. So it was Swame, Pruitt, Furkser. He did play the third third of yeah, three, but, but he needs to play even less than that. I I'm would saying agree
1: with Pruitt, you. Pruitt is a
2: all-around tight end
1: for this team. He's a he's a, just a solid role player. He, we see him pop up game to game. He had the great game in the second was the second half against Seattle, where he had that great that great play. I think so. Um t- oh yeah, it was had Seattle. The touchdown. Seattle. Uh, it, and then yesterday um, on the receiving end of Derek's the touchdown pass from Derrick. By Henry. the way,
0: that Derrick Henry touchdown. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but uh, Tannehill was in motion. He's wide on open. that play. He was also wide open. Uh, how often do you see a, des- a design play where the running back could have thrown to one of two guys who were wide open He actually I'm picked pretty a pretty sure slightly more difficult pass. It was a great pass to Pruitt, but I'm pretty sure both Henry said open.
2: he didn't look anywhere else. Like that well, he was didn't designed need to. for uh, to go It's to, also a great example Pruitt. of there how was a much lot of traffic in front of him. Like he's a big man and he had a lot to see over to get that ball yeah. to Pruitt. Like he didn't jump for show. <laughs> he jumped to to see a little bit.
1: Uh, Mahomes yesterday, his passer rating, his QBR. forty. Um, no, his passer rating. 62.3. That is his lowest in his career for any single game. That's as bad as he's been. Uh, over the last three weeks, that's the lowest passer rating of any quarterback. That's below Sam Darnold, who was benched yesterday. That is below Jared Goff, who... Couldn't do anything a couple of weeks ago. That's how bad Mahomes was against that Titans defense. What it was about twenty-seven
0: point eight at halftime. What about Justin Fields? We said earlier oh, that's a, Fields, QBR. Justin Fields. Justin oh, Fields was just in the forties. His passer rating, right. pass rating was in the forties. I got to get the uh, the algorithms I'm, I'm in line. Yeah, it all <laughs> little, But it was
1: really it was really bad. That's I just exa- I, I used that stat to exaggerate the point. Um, just how bad it was. You don't see that often from Mahomes. And and now the question is: Are they a playoff team? And They're a wild card team at best. I mean, because look at that. The, vision. The formula. Division. The formula can be met by the Bengals. It can be met by the Browns. The Raiders can do it. Uh, we we know the. I'm trying to think of the uh, the the Ravens, obviously the, the Titans, Titans, the Bills. The Bills. We yeah. saw it. I mean, the, and the contenders can get after, and him.
2: they've got two good teams in their division above them in the Chargers and the and the Raiders. So uh, you know, wild card at best.
0: That's what I said. Yeah, they feel done. Uh, they do feel done. But they it, like, the feels only like thing is, it's, it's early still. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying as an fire. organization. I'm no. saying this year something is not right. Well, and Andy something Reed, is very right with the division. Andy
2: Reid, basically, he said, "I'm seeing things I haven't seen." It's a pretty big statement for a guy who's been there since what 2013. I'm seeing things I haven't seen.
1: Isn't it crazy how quickly he cleared concussion protocol? Yeah. He went
0: to that ten? He took a pretty good shot oh, from Jeffrey Simmons' a oh, Brutal shot.
1: Did you see his reaction when he got kneed? Eyes in the back of the head. He didn't know where he was. He, they
0: were having to help him out. He stumbled uh, twice on the walk to the he's sideline. He's standing on the
1: sideline <laughs> saying he's good. And Andy Reid said post-game that he was cleared to go back in. To go back in. And, and they, they chose not to. not to.
2: Once they decide not to put him in, then they should retract the protocol. On second thought, he didn't clear the protocol <laughs> since we don't need well, him. Well, he right? wants him available we'll for practice. We'll make this look better
0: and say he's not available to come back since we're not in a hurry to get him back. Bold move of the Chiefs to hire the team doctor from Varsity Blues <laughs> to get him back out there. Oh, coach, he's fine. Just got his bell rung a little bit. He's good. Nothing to see here. No, he took a knee from Jeffrey Simmons. Going forward in his face. Whiplash, head went back, and he got up, and he was stumbling. It was bent by
2: who? Autry, I think, who we haven't yeah. mentioned. Autry was the catalyst of that front four. Yes. He is playing great. And so and is he David was Long. terrific yesterday. David Long is the catalyst of the, the next level of defense.
1: How many tackles um, did Long th- th- have those yesterday? Those guys
2: are just uh, playing out of their mind.
1: Long had 14 tackles Monday night against Buffalo. He, he played every snap up, yesterday. Followed
2: Where, that up with, uh, you don't have to look very far. You look at the top. He's actually outdone by Crookshank. Uh, no, or keep no. in mind, they
1: didn't play many snaps.
2: Crookshank, Long, and Molden tied with eight tackles apiece in that game, which is nice balance. And you've got, uh, Crookshank was kind of in a linebacker position in a lot of this game, but you've got... Um, you know, a corner a linebacker and Crookshank, who is kind of a hybrid. Long's been terrific. I mean, Long disappeared. You know, he had the good rookie debut in the partial stuff. And then last year, which was bad for everybody, though, he really kind of regressed to the degree that I think you were with me. We thought, like, he's maybe not going to pan out into an every down well, kind of guy.
1: Why did they draft Monty Rice? That's what we're all thinking. Well,
2: they drafted Monty Rice to replace – Rashawn Evans. The weird thing is, though, they don't draft anybody with a year look ahead. You know, they needed somebody for this year at a lot of positions, and they drafted Monty Rice for next year, which is weird.
1: That's our Seeing Clearly segment presented by Dr. Toyos in Toyos Clinic, 800-603-1989. You're listening now. Kick 360. Recapping the Tennessee Sports Week during the Tennessee Power Hour, Outkick Three Hundred and Sixty rolls on, guys. The the question I was asking myself Saturday, watching the uh, the Vols and the the Tide, and watching Hooker play, resilient effort by him to play, not having the ability to really move all that well.
0: And he had some nice passes. Yeah, in that game. yeah.
1: Um, I, I love that about him, and he has it. I'm watching that going. Okay. Heupel has done a great job with this team, and he can scheme and get guys open. I mean, they they hit some big plays against the Tide defense. I'm watching the quarterback play, and I'm thinking, how long is Hendon Hooker the quarterback here? How long is – because I know he has eligibility. But, Chad, what do you think the, the, is the best-case scenario? He's here for one more year?
0: Yes. And then – and, that, and that, is, that is legitimately the best-case scenario because he's got – he's really done, but he's got a COVID year. Right. He could still – And so does
1: Milton. Execute. But, I, again, we were talking about Milton in this year. Milton's got three area. years.
0: Milton's got two after this year that he could okay. play. Okay. Milton was the one, though, that all of his advisors thought he was one and done. He'd come in and start and then go to the NFL, which is clearly not the case. Um, Hendon Hooker, he's a graduate transfer that this was – could be his last year – he could decide to institute the COVID year and have one more year after this. But Hunt, you're dead on right. Um, if it's not Hooker
1: that, next year, the quarterback's not on their roster.
0: No, Taven Jackson may be the quarterback, the true freshman coming in from Indianapolis, who is a, you know, he looks like Hendon Hooker. He's a six foot four, six and foot I'm, five, I'm, I'm looking, dual threat
1: guy. They still can accomplish some things here down the road. But again, I'm I'm looking more big picture as I'm watching them play in that second half, keeping it close, third quarter, fourth quarter gets away, all that. I, I appreciate the fact that Hooker played, given the limitations that he had and the way he played. Well, here's and I'm thinking, can, if he sticks for another year, how much does that speed up this process? Because it's already better than what I expected it would be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they could have a very good second year. They, he loses a lot of uh, pass catching options after this year, but that's okay to but, me. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, think because, that's a, I mean, look everybody at this. restocks ever Cedric it? Tillman is getting deep down yeah. the field for a touchdown. Was that play number one or two when they fell behind 14 The immediately got it the, the long touchdown one. to go 31-24? Well, that was
1: after the the roughing the punter gave them the ball back and then they hit the the, yeah. the, the pass to and, the, that was, and
0: I, the one I'm talking about is a little bit later in the game. It was the fourth quarter one that made it 31-24. By the way, Tennessee down 31-24 after that touchdown had Alabama backed up on a third and 15 after three plays the next drive and then they hit a 63-yard pass. And that's where the game swung. Tennessee was very close to getting the ball back in good field position down seven. Anyway, though, uh, a buddy of mine sent me a text during the game and said, most confident and has the assuredness of Josh Dobbs. Most confident Tennessee quarterback since Josh Dobbs easily. I I would totally agree because the quarterback in between is Jarrett Garantano. But he does (laughs) have a little bit of that Dobbs presence about him where he does not seem shaken even after the interception on the miscommunication that ended the game at that point where Alabama had the big return, did not seem shaken.
2: When when you say sense something, there has to have been a significant amount of time between that or a significant list of people for it to mean something.
0: Yeah, Since Josh Dobbs, it's not. But Tennessee has had quarterback issues. I mean, maybe I worded it improperly, but those are two of the most confident quarterbacks they've had. In a while. Well,
1: it's also the last time we saw and this the, team the t- really... T- six
0: years before that, too. ...really
1: that, believe that yeah. they were in the game. Like This is after playing 101 snaps and losing the way they did to Ole Miss. And they show up against Alabama and Tuscaloosa, hobbled, and perform that way. I, I realize what the final score says, 52-24. That was not the team that played for three quarters. And again, I think you, you watch that game and you think they're ahead of schedule. Bama fans... We're saying that the the game did not go as well as they would have
0: hoped. They won 52-24. Well, you, do you want to you see some respect? Watch Nick Saban in the post-game interview uh, when they said, boy, you were really mad on the sideline. You were angry. Your team didn't play the smartest at times tonight. What are your thoughts on the game? And he said, you know, my thoughts are I'm really happy because we just beat Tennessee. And look around this building right now and all the cigar smoke. We're happy because we beat Tennessee, and they're a very good team, and they can score points on anyone. So we're happy that we beat Tennessee tonight. That is a sign of respect uh, for Tennessee and Josh Heupel from Nick Saban was, to say those things right after the game. Had a nice plan. And, I mean, look at Tennessee's loss. They're 4-4. Four and four. They lose by three to Pitt, who just... Handled Clemson. Handled Clemson. Handled them. They're going to win the ACC. I had a chance to win that game a couple times. They're down you know, fourth and one at the three-yard line to go in and win it and get stuff. Should
2: have played Hooker in that game.
0: Down three. Yeah, should have started Hooker in that game. He was playing yeah. uh, early in the game, but should have started. Yeah. Down three at halftime against Florida. That's probably their worst performance. They get they lose 21 nothing mm-hmm. in the second half of that game, but they're right there at halftime. Um, they're down one score to Alabama in the fourth quarter, and then we all know what happened in the Ole Miss game where it was back and forth in the second half, and Tennessee had multiple chances to win that. Tennessee is ahead of schedule. They're better than most people nationally know or think. They're right there with some of the top 10 teams in the country for you know two and a half, three quarters. They're just thin. And and that's the Very biggest thin. question mark with Josh Heupel that he's yet to answer. They're not recruiting well right now. And all of this has not led to success in the recruiting trail. It could still happen. There's plenty of time. But that's the next thing. That's the next piece of the po- Prove that you can recruit recruit well because it's a team that needs depth.
1: On the Tuesday edition of Outkick 360, Glenn Gilbo takes us around the SEC. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle on the show will be discussing week seven from the NFL. And J.P. Aaron Sibia helps us preview game one of the World Series Braves-Astros. Join us for Outkick 360, 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern.
2: Don't block the box, do lock the locks.